And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear those co-hosts shouting. All right, welcome into the latest special edition, emergency pod edition of Hear That Podcast, Growlin. We're, Jay, as we record this, I feel like we're in sort of a comfortable lull and never and never be comfortable in free agency. It only means you're about to get hit by a tornado you didn't see coming. Yeah, I mean, the, with the tampering, you expected it to go really fast. And now that the, the official free agency starts at four o'clock today on Wednesday, I think I think we are going to see a much slower day, but you never know. I mean, they're, they're it's they're they could sign someone right now while we're doing this. Um, still searching for that first offensive lineman. Uh, it's just it's really hard to predict. Um, but I, I I will say confidently they're not done. Oh yeah, they're definitely not done. Uh, the other thing to look for today is we got you know we're going to run through the Bengals signings. Um, we're going to talk about Chidobe Awuzie. We're going to talk about Mike Hilton, uh, the two big signings the Bengals made yesterday as they continue to re rehab and replace uh, their their defensive side of the ball. Um, we're going we're to dive into what we noticed about those, things to take away there, things we've heard from people both in Pittsburgh and in Dallas and elsewhere about that. William Jackson landing with the Washington football team late last night uh, on a $14 million per year deal, very similar to Trey Wayne's. Um, we'll break down some contracts on that stuff um, and talk about what is next. Wh- wh- what positions are they going to target next? There's multiple. How how deep in can they go? What to watch for? The, the, the thing I'm going to say that – to watch for today on top of the obvious of will they ever sign an offensive lineman is a second round of cuts to keep an eye out for people that the cuts they absolutely didn't want to make or were pushed to the brink on right as you get to four o'clock compliance to the cap needs to happen. Will there be a second round uh, of cuts across the league? And when will we see potentially Bengals cuts coming as we still sit and look at Bobby Hart and Geno Atkins on the roster, the two most notable names there? I'll point out, as people ask, have asked a lot about timing of those, when those could happen, why those would happen. Perfect example uh, would be last year, Xavier Suofilo was added the same day, one up, one down, uh, as John Miller was let go. And it was once you get your replacement, move on from the other and take your cap hits or your savings. Um, I think that's what you will see in regards to Geno Atkins and in regards to Bobby Hart. Find someone better. Let the guy go. Use that money to sign the other one, one up, one down. They're not going to move on until they know for sure they have the replacement. Same with Geno Atkins. You want a younger, better 
you know, use of your money uh, at de- at defensive tackle. Sign one, one up, one down. Gino, you pocket Gino's nine point five million. Use it to sign whoever Sheldon Rankins, whatever whoever you're talking about that they go after to maybe take over that spot. So keep that in mind when wondering because a lot of people have been asking about Gino and Bobby Hart. In fact, they're still on the roster. That it feels to me certainly like a sure perfectly willing to let those guys go once we know we have their replacements. Right, which is the smart thing to do. You, it, just like when you're hiring somebody, you don't fire someone unless you know you have a replacement ready to step in, particularly when you're talking about a, a head coach or something like that. Um, so it it will be – I mean, you almost wonder if, if those cuts, if they don't – because do they have the cap left to get a defensive tackle and an offensive tackle? I mean, maybe – Maybe one of those cuts doesn't actually even come until after the draft. Um, but it is as of four o'clock today, they have to be cap compliant. So that's why that would make sense. The, the one up, one down. Yeah. And, and cap compliance won't be a huge issue no. uh, for them because they have so much space. So they have like a lot of these teams that have ha- had to make cuts by the 4 p.m. deadline had to do it because they have to get under the cap. Bengals not in that situation. They can wait. You remember they, they rode Andy Dalton's money out until. <laughs> I mean, where people were wondering, is he going to be around in camp last year, uh, sitting on, on on that seventeen million that they were going to potentially own for the next year? So you don't have to make the move right away if they if they see somebody now. If they wait till after the draft, you know, then you get into players and hurt feelings, and uh, you didn't give me a chance to sign, which is part of what happened with Dalton last year as he ends up back in Chicago eventually, uh, which is what <laughs> happened last year. I think you know he wanted to be in Chicago. Everyone thought he could get to Chicago. They couldn't get a trade done. The Bengals didn't release him. He ends up in Dallas on $3 million when he knows he probably could have ended up in Chicago for 10 last year. Um, and I think that's where part, some of the consternation happened there. But it's enough Dalton talk. If you want Dalton angst, you can go over to our Bears podcast. Uh, I believe they will be doing Dalton angst for the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> every night, like a good comedian, stand up every night, tip your waitress, Dalton angst. Uh, let's let's go ahead and dive in to what happened yesterday, and then we'll talk about where it goes next. Um, Mike Hilton uh, will come in and essentially, really, it's just a trade. It, it's all been trade outs at this point. Mm-hmm. The right? swap it's been it's been the swap. It's been you 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 gave up, so you move on from Lawson. Jackson and Alexander and replace them with Hendrickson, Awuzi, and Hilton. Is I don't know if that's a wash, if that's downgrades. I think it's closer to a wash probably than either side of the optimistic or pessimistic side would want to admit. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think Hilton is an upgrade. But when you look at it in in totality, you're right. It is it is probably a wash. Um certainly a woozy is is not on, on par with William Jackson even though Jackson never really seemed to reach his potential and I don't know. I guess I'm still on the fence with with Hendrickson and Lawson. Um I think both have a lot more to they can get to, but you're right. It is. It's just been swapping one guy out for another. Uh, I, it's still, I, I think a lot of people are confused. Why, why let Lawson go if you're going to sign Hendrickson for around the same annual amount of money? Um, but it's, 
it, it's all about that. They see more potential in Hendrickson. Um, the, the biggest thing right now is the, the, the fact that there hasn't been a swap or a trade out on the offensive line. That's, I think where ever, that's where the Bengals angst is right now. Um, and you, you have to wonder at this point, what's out there that is, is going to make anybody feel any differently. It's a great point. Uh, the other, the other side of the swap though, is the Bengals do those two moves for the price of what one William Jackson yes. would have been. So you you pocket that money to use elsewhere. Also, now what are one up on the comp pick formula and I know people I can feel the eye roll. Um <laughs> but it is an, it is something to note as we go forward. Um I don't think it would st- I don't think you know the they would get a fourth fourth rounder a guy Nick Corte who's incredible over over the cap of tracking this stuff has the Bengals on for a fourth rounder on the loss and contract at this point uh, they are because they have uh, four out and three in uh, AJ Green still to go uh, will probably will probably land on the formula somewhere others maybe could um, so it could give the Bengals some wiggle room if they're signing another guy. But if you're signing a guy who was cut by another team, a cap casualty, uh, that does not count against the formula. So keep that in mind. So potentially, with these tradeouts, the way they did it, could land something in the vicinity of a wash and have extra money and a pick that they get out of it um, by switching. And here's the thing. So Chidobi Awuzie, here's here's what the people I've talked to in Dallas have had to say in kind of the scouting report on on what you're getting here. Um, change of scenery candidate, not because he was poor, but because in Dallas market is harsh. And he was, he was a, a, a second round pick who came in with a lot of promise and a lot of it, high expectations and did fine. And was certainly a solid, consistent cornerback, but was not ever able to live up to those expectations. And, and and there was a thought that that kind of beat him down a little bit and was why he never was really accepted there. So some things that stand out when talking about him versus Jackson is always seems to be in the right position, very sticky in coverage, then doesn't make the play. And and it's like right there, but not getting the hand on the ball, not getting the pick. You see, he doesn't have a ton of picks in his career, similar to Jackson. A lot of the same stuff we heard and thought about. Will uh, I think or some are part of the scouting report with Chidobia Woozy? Yeah, and and really, what I see it as is it's kind of like looking into the future because he is a guy that he never let lived up to expectations. But but he's he's that guy. The, those are the guys you have to cut when you're paying a quarterback Dak Prescott money. And so if Bengals want to look a few years down the road, whenever Joe Burrow is going to get that, those are the those kind of middling guys that you just can't afford to keep. And um, I, I don't. It, it could be the perfect change of scenery scenario. The the other thing that I think is cause for some concern, and, and maybe it works itself out, but. I don't, it's not ideal. They're going to be going in to the start of the season. Their, their opening day defense is going to have three cornerbacks making their Bengals debut. They're three starters yeah. that, you know, they, they talk all the time about the communication back there and, and the, the communication issues in the past were a big part of why they gave up so many big plays. 
We don't know what the offseason is going to look like yet. We don't know if there will be one. We don't know if there will be preseason. Uh, they need a preseason badly. They needed one last year to help get Joe Burrow going, and he he kind of took off anyhow without it. But they could really use a preseason this year to to get those guys uh, working together. They're not going to get a ton of snaps, obviously, because it is preseason. But any work those guys can get on the field in live situations before the start of the season would be a big benefit. Heavy reliance on Jesse Bates and Von Bell yeah. there. I mean, you know, those are the two guys coming back. Those are the guys who kind of run the show and keep everybody in the defensive backfield line. But they're going to be having all new conversations this year. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the other part of this. And and so here's the thing. So the Bengals, you know, you you say before, okay, the Bengals had a number one in William Jackson. They had a number one shutdown, right? Um, okay, yeah, sort of a, like a one B. I mean, he, you know, he's he's a one fringe great two you know whatever you want that to be i think the Bengals have four twos <laughs> is yeah. that good is that good I no mean, donkeys I, no donkeys i don't know if it applies <laughs> in the defensive backfield well you know and because there was a question about darius phillips yesterday well what why do they keep crapping on darius phillips obviously they don't you know the durability concerns there are part of this conversation, and they're just not totally bought in on a, a guy like that size. I would think was probably number one there. Um, he continues to play well. I love Darius Phillips as my four. I you know and you you know in cornerback rooms the fourth corner is going to play. Mm-hmm. He's going to get snaps. You're going to need him. Darius can slide inside and play slot if necessary. So you basically have your backup for all three spots right there who is a proven playmaker in a contract year who you know can get it done um, and you're comfortable with at any of those spots. That's important. I like the depth. They don't have, you know, you lose Will, you don't have the high end, but as a, as a total package of those four, plus Bell, Bates, Brandon Wilson did resign. He is back as your third safety and your kick returner. I, I think there's a lot of comfort of what that group can be. And, it's going to be a matter, like you said, Jay, of everyone getting on the same page and getting used to playing together. But I don't have a whole lot of qualms with that because I think the depth of that group and consistency of that group can can help you over the course of the full season. How do you think it sits with Darius Phillips that he's he has played well when he's been given a chance? Uh, you mentioned it. The, the knock or the concern with him has always been size and durability. And – they just gave $24 million to a guy that's an inch shorter and six pounds lighter on those in terms of the <laughs> listed weight. I mean, Mike Hilton is not a big guy. And I've been talking with Mark Caboli, who, who covers the Steelers for us. Um, and, and he, he talked about how good Hilton is as a run defender, how he really sticks his nose in there. I looked it up. He had 11 missed tackles last year. That was six most among quarterbacks, cornerbacks. Um, 18% missed tackle percentage. So if you're talking about chances, he was still up there um, in the top 12. You know, that that anything they can do to, to help that run defense is needed. Um, but there, there's questions about – there have been questions about how good he is in coverage. You you found the next-gen stat that, that actually listed him as, as a pretty good cover guy um, – Caboli didn't seem to agree with that. He's he's a small guy. Uh, it, it it almost feel I don't know if he, I'm going to say he's a clone of Darius Phillips, but it is interesting that they that they they didn't 
feel that they had what they needed in Darius Phillips, and they went out and they got a guy that looks pretty similar to him. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. To me, the most interesting element of the Hilton signing, and obviously they targeted him. They went in early. They were very – that was an aggressive contract for a slot Mm -hmm. cornerback, you know, more than I thought they would spend. I thought – they ended up about the same number. I thought they would end up between the two uh, spots, but I did not expect it to be that the slot guy would be making essentially more uh, than the outside guy, which is fine, but, you know, it, it says, okay, well, why did they value that? Why were they so aggressive going after the slot cornerback position? And I can tell you this: what sticks out to me and is obvious, blitzing. Yeah. It, it, the, the pressure component. Look, this team needs to figure it out. They, they can't get to the quarterback. They were not very good blitzing last year. Their, their uh, pressure percentage on blitzes was in the bottom four of the league. Uh, pressure percentage is about all the time was bottom four of the league, but that's another story. So you, But that is a way to... Bring that out. Okay, maybe we'll be more blitz-heavy. Maybe we'll use our corners, particularly our slot corner, to blitz more often and be more effective and get more pressures that way and have that be a bigger component of how we get after the quarterback to make up for the fact that we're in one offseason. I don't, you know, we're not going to turn into uh, the Steelers mm. is, is, is their thought process. We're not going to let's, – let's grab a Steeler and let's do it this way because um, – that's got to be part of their process and all their thinking is how do you get over after the quarterback more? And I think Hilton, while that's not going to be the number one component here, I think that's part of why he was such an attractive, um, you know, slot corner for them. Yeah, because there's an art to that. You you see how mobile quarterbacks are these days. We saw Darius Phillips, one of his better games was that game at Baltimore last year. I know the Bengals got blown out, but he rushed in when he blitzed in, he broke down and he did not let Lamar Jackson get outside of the, and, and you've also got, we, we already talked about how small these guys are that you're, you're going to be blitzing a guy like Ben Roethlisberger or a big quarterback like that. I mean, it's you it, timing and there's so much that goes into it. And Hilton had three sacks last year, most among all cornerbacks in the league. He's had nine and a half since he entered the league. Most among all cornerbacks in that time to 2017 to present. So you're right. I, I think that is a huge component of of what made him so attractive to the Bengals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a guy with a ton of pressures too. 42 pressures in his four seasons. Bengals are like 42 pressures. Hey, can he play edge? <laughs> how, do you do, how do you do that? Uh, all right. So speaking of, let's let's talk a little bit about what's next. And, and granted, shelf life on these things. You, you may be listening to this and it may have already happened. Uh, for me, in my mind, three spots that they're looking for. You may be aware of the first one. Uh, offensive line, in particular tackle. I think you're looking for that Bobby Hart tackle upgrade at this point. Trent Williams now off the board. He signs that massive 23 million per year gazillion dollar contract to to stay in San Francisco. That's kind of um, really what everybody was waiting for, that shoe to drop. Uh, And now you start looking at, well, what's next in that tackle market? And you've got kind of this group of veterans, stop gaps, that's where the Bengals are at now. Stopgap tackle who can who can play for a year or two while you groom the next guy. Um, Riley Reef start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was a miss? He's going to have a market. Teams are going to be interested in. Can the Bengals win that? To me, that's a huge one to watch. A huge shoe to drop as we get through the next forty eight hours or whenever it goes down. 
Um, you've got whatever the medical situation is on Mitchell Schwartz, probably was something that will have to work itself out in the long run. We just don't know. He had a back issue last year. What's he look like in his 30s? Uh, Ricky Wagner, uh, a guy from the Packers who supposedly was contemplating retirement. We don't know. Keep an eye on him. I mean, that that's kind of the group of guys. And when you think about it, there just weren't that many game changers that actually made it to the market. Definitely not at the tackle position. You know, when there was talk about more, and even at guard. Um, as far as who signed, we and we went over sort of where they where they you know blew it there earlier in free agency. But just you, then you get into these names at guard that are all about the same guy who's like maybe a, a slight upgrade from what you have. Certainly, an upgrade from what you have can be had out there. Um, but how good are they really? Um, there's a bunch of those types of guys too. I don't think you'll need to go in on those guys in soon. I don't, those guys will be out there, I think, for a while. But for me, you know, Reef is kind of the big one yeah. that's out there that teams are going to be going after. Yeah, it feels like it's Reef or bust. I mean, there's been rumblings about Schwartz contemplating re- retirement as well. And you know, this organization has to be gun shy about a tackle with back issues after Jake Fisher. Um, it, it, it just any, I mean, even, even if that hadn't happened, just where they are right now, what they need on that line. I don't think you can afford to, to roll that dice, even if the medicals play out and it, and it looks like he, he is good at the time. The back issues are recurring and it, a lot of times they just never go away. And I don't know, you can, you can, with all the focus they have on a protecting Joe Burrow, I don't know if you can sign Mitchell Swartz. It 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 feels like it's Riley Reef or just pretty much lock in a tackle at five in the draft. Yeah, oh yeah, and it could still I mean, be both. Yes, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I think there's. We talked about it the other day. I mean, it seems like this. They are assured at five and or. 38 uh, offensive line going to be the pick, and you're going to have that young line that you're just banking on to be good immediately um, is is where they've kind of found themselves. Um, So that is obvious. Then, uh, you know, uh, we mentioned the defensive tackle position. You're going to be looking for some names there. So some of the the younger defense three techniques that can come in and have an impact for you. Um, you know, it mentioned Sheldon Rankins. Uh, there's a few other guys like that uh, um, that that you can keep an eye on to see who they like there. Maybe there's somebody they feel like they can come in, and maybe that could, that would lead uh, to the, the Geno Atkins move. Maybe not. Maybe they still feel like they have enough money, and they're going to wait till it's be the last thing they do if they absolutely have to. Um, so keep keep an eye out for that. The other thing is, you know, they still need a wide receiver. We've talked a little bit about um, how deep that is. And at some point, they're going to pounce and take advantage of their money and the bad market and all that stuff. And look, we've been talking about Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith and and the receivers you can get at five and thirty eight for a little while now. Uh, well, they they might need to use those picks elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. So perhaps they're a little more receptive to the wide receiver market. Keep an eye on that because that market is just cratering. Yeah, and starting to now come back to them. Uh, so, whoever that is, I, I think and I wouldn't put anybody on, that's out there off limits. Um, potentially, if you're talking about where that's going to come from, that taking over that third receiver position uh, that AJ Green held down last year. So, keep an eye on that. That eventually is going to move. 
It's a matter of when and when the run on it happens. It's like in a draft, right? The run on receivers is going down. Everyone's kind of waiting for when teams are going to finally start to say, you know what, all right, fine, I'll give you this, and on where these guys land. But certainly keep an eye on that receiver market as we go through the next 24 to 48 hours as well. Uh, and to me, it's those three. I mean, those three spots are really uh, where I would expect to see some action with the Bengals. Yeah. It, it, wide receiver is really going to be interesting because it's top top to bottom. There, there are so many out there, and they, they could they they could go in a lot of different directions. And um, it, it could be we, – we were kind of in the mindset before the start that would be a Josh Reynolds type, um, you know, someone a little more affordable. I wouldn't rule out anything at, at this point – at that spot. Um, but it really, they need tackles got to be first. They, they got to figure out if they can get reef and then everything else will fall in line from that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's, it's make your run there. And if that money's left over, uh, then it's got to go, you're going to go somewhere with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and maybe it is, maybe it's receiver. Maybe it's, if you feel like you can do something else defensively, you know, and that's where you get into what we saw last year, the Von Bell, signing right i mean we reference this a lot that maybe a spot you weren't totally thinking about but you get a great value on a great player uh that you can land and you just go for it um so maybe maybe that's where we go here so this is we've kind of seen the Bengals in replace mode to this point i think now you'll see upgrade mode um and will be how they'll probably use the rest of their money and and again keep an eye out on a second round of cuts, and if anything interesting happens there with offensive linemen, certainly you know the Bengals will be at the top of the list of those interested yeah. as they try to get their hands on anything that could possibly become available that is a significant upgrade for them uh, at really any position. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they try to figure that out. All right. We will be back, of course, once we get through whatever happens next. The actual start of the new league year is at 4 o'clock, so – We'll be in reaction to whatever goes down then or the next round of Bengals signings uh, whenever it feels relevant. Uh, if you feel like something is emergency worthy, we know you will let us know, uh, as you always do on Twitter. Um, thanks to all of you that are still being nice on Twitter. I know it's been a rough week, uh, <laughs> and we've seen, we've seen a lot of people who have not been so nice to us and to each other and to the organization and that's fine feel free to vent i understand it but you know remember it's it's football remember we're still on the couch here we're still talking (laughs) in nice calm voices everyone's trying to get through this together and enjoy this as a distraction from our daily grinds (laughs) uh so i hope everybody's finding their it themselves to find some enjoyment and laugh at this stuff a little bit Okay, remember to laugh at this stuff. So, you guys right. go drink your green beer. We'll be here. Yeah. yeah, we'll be here. I will be drinking. Last year, St. Patrick's Day last year was the day the Bengals spent a gazillion dollars all at once. <laughs> uh, uh, with I believe it was it was Wayne's and Reader together. Reed, yeah. Was Von Bell the same day? I don't even remember. No, he was day. a few days later. Yeah, uh, but I just remember I have a picture of eleven fifty nine. I was able to crack my Guinness. I got in <laughs> just under the wire. It was very exciting after uh, multiple pods and columns and everything else. So uh, hopefully I can get to my get to my Guinness a little bit before eleven fifty nine tonight. Me and you, Jay, we need to be drinking a little earlier. We'll do that over Zoom. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe that will be how we'll do the pod tonight. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening and following along as we go through this free agent week. I know it's been crazy and hectic. I hope everybody's enjoying it. Remember, uh, we still have our $1 per month uh, subscription deal going on. If, if This is the time to hop on it. We're doing it through April 5th. If, if you want to get all the coverage, not just us, spring training's happening, March Madness, all our people, Premier League's getting down to it, everything, all for just $1 per month right now. It's just the deal does not get better than this. Go to any of the links that you have up on stories. Uh, we have all our reaction stuff from what's been going on. You go check that out now. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will uh, talk to you soon. Have a good one, everybody.